is Dan Anglis. I'm the Executive Director of Lifeguard in Durango. I'm Ron Martin. I'm pastor of Bayfield Christian Church. I'm Nate Herbst, and I'm on staff with Master Plan Ministries. I graduated from this college, and I love this college, and I'm here more now than I was as a student. <laughs> you guys have probably seen me hanging out in the cafeteria wondering, what is that weird guy always in the cafeteria for? So that's, that's me. Uh, we're our moderators. Um, I'm Joseph Fidel. And I'm Alexandrus. Hey, and oh, really quick, also, when we have the audience questions, um, if it ends up that we have a lot of questions, we're going to try and keep a stack. And what that means is, like, you raise your hand, and we're going to do our best to, like, remember who wrote, raised their hand and, like, ask the questions appropriately. But if we mess up, um, please be patient with us. I'm not a math major, so. <laughs> Do you have the questions? Yeah. Okay. Alright, so question number one is to find the beginning of a human of human life and give evidence to support your position. Alright. Uh, what's that? Yeah. Okay, here we are. So coming from a ministry perspective, you might think, golly. These, these guys are all going to talk about the Bible and try and tell us why we got to make a choice about our body based on the Bible, right? Because that's kind of typically what a lot of people have heard. I'll let you know my background is in science. I, I was a bio major before I switched to chemistry, and I uh, thought chemistry would be a little more challenging, but I definitely took a lot of bio classes too. Scripture is very clear about this issue, but I'm coming at this from a very scientific perspective. And the second somebody can convince me scientifically that life does not begin at conception, human life does not begin at conception, I will vote no in a heartbeat on this amendment. So I will be looking forward to hear your response and see if that's possible tonight. Here's my evidence for why life does begin at conception. All right, There are ten characteristics that all life exhibits. All life is made up of cells. All life develops according to a genetic code. <clears throat> DNA or RNA. In our case, it's DNA. All life interacts with its environment. All life responds to stimuli. All life metabolizes energy. All life needs water. All life eliminates waste. All life maintains internal equilibrium. For example, body temperature. All life grows and all life eventually reproduces. Every one of those characteristics begins to develop and, and begins to happen at the very instant of conception. There's no, over, no other life-determining moment after conception at which those things begin. Birth does not begin those things. Birth is just a change of environment. So from conception onward, you have all the scientific definitions of life. Okay? They are all present. Uh, going further, so is this a tissue, the mother's body, or a person? Because we hear all those. Or maybe it's a blood clot or something like that. Well, it's not a tissue, guys. Tissues, this by definition, are an aggregate of similar cells and cell products forming a definite kind of structural material with a specific function in a multicellular organism. Sorry to get too scientific. We'll move on in a minute. But tissues have a very specific biological definition. They constitute organs. Organs are a grouping of tissues into a distinct structure, such as a heart or a kidney. Both of those are found in the embryo from as early as 18 days, a beating heart, for example. All right? Uh, and they perform specialized tasks. Organisms are then made up of organism of organs, and they uh, are a form of life composed of mutually interdependent parts that maintain various vital processes. All right. So when we look at the fetus, it is not a tissue, it is not an organ, but it is an organism made up of mutually complementary organs made up of tissues. 
Interestingly, from the moment of fertilization, you can see the definition. Uh, the definition is that the fusion of the gametes produce a new organism, not a tissue. Okay, so this living human organism begins at conception. Now, furthermore, this DNA that we talked about already is human DNA. So we know it's not the mother's body, right? Every cell in your body has your DNA. The second you conceive, that unborn baby has its own unique DNA, separate from the mother's. If you found the two at a crime scene, you would conclude they were two different people. No scientist alive would tell you that those two DNAs came from one person. This is not the mother's body. This is not a tissue. This is a living human being from the moment of conception. Going down, this is what happens at fertilization. All right, guys? The fusion of two gametes produce a new organism. You guys have seen pictures like this. Uh, week one, those cells begin to divide and form a blastocyst with about 120 cells, uh, two different types of cells. So you already see differentiation, some of those characteristics of life. That begins at about the second week to, to embed in the uterus. You start to see different types of cells and tissues developing already by this time. Okay? At 18 to 21 days, guys... At 18 days, the heart is beating. At 21 days, already the circulatory system is functioning. And get this, with a blood type separate from the mother's. Once again, not the mother's body. Now, I will show some graphic pictures. Bear with me. I feel like we're all a mature enough audience where we should be able to see these types of things. And I think that I will show a progression as we go through the different stages of uh, embryology here. Here's at 28 days. At this time, you can see the eyes there. The eye, ear, and respiratory systems are all beginning to function in some capacity. Okay, at 42 days, there are brain waves. This is before most abortions ever occur. All right, there are already brain waves. There's a skeleton. The reflexes are present. Different stimuli will, ca will cause this baby to respond already at that early date, when most women are barely just beginning to notice that they might be pregnant. All right, at eight weeks, all body systems are present and functioning in some capacity. Every body system is there at eight weeks. Just to give you perspective, most abortions happen between eight and 12 weeks. So most abortions happen after brainwaves, after a heartbeat, after all the body systems are, are there and functioning. All right? So we keep going on. And I want, to, I want you to notice here, take a look at this picture of an eight-week-old that was aborted with his hand and his eyes and his face and his legs and his stomach. I saw ultrasounds of my daughters at six weeks. Moving. Not tissue. Moving. Moving from the sound of the ultrasound, trying to escape it. Think about how they try to escape an abortionist's grasp. Okay? Now continue, guys. Nine weeks. Look at that little baby forming in the womb. Look at its little foot after an abortion. At ten weeks, you can see it continuing to grow. Its hands can grab a dime. You guys, at eleven weeks, the growth continues. I want everybody in this room... Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't see there were children here. Uh, wait, wait to be a good dad, man. Uh, yeah. But you guys, if, if it's something that a child should not see, are, you, are we okay with tolerating that as a society? I want to ask that question. You need to ask yourself that question before you vote in November. Okay? Going on, guys, here's a 12-week-old baby. Murdered. And you guys, I want, coincidentally, to make it a peace sign. Obviously didn't know what that meant, guys. Asking for peace, right? Something that this amendment would give. And this isn't funny. This is serious. Nearly 60% of abortions happen when all those pictures are there. Okay? Nearly 40% happen when these pictures are there. You see that? Everybody looking at that? Okay. You guys, going on, and there are no more, no more crazy pictures. 
But I want to ask you something. There are one million abortions a year in this country, 16,000 a year in Colorado alone. Can any of you look at those pictures and say, just tissue? Not from science. Okay? And I look forward to hearing that. If you're okay with those pictures, and you think your kids are too, I would encourage you to keep looking. But I would also encourage you guys to vote yes on 62. Now I want to read a couple quotes from some abortion doctors about how they know that this is life. Following the doctor's directions, I took the box. I'm going to skip to the next one. Sorry, guys. I, I just don't have a lot of time. Okay. Uh, I, I got to where I couldn't stand to look at the little bodies anymore, one abortion doctor said. Another one said, you have to become a little schizophrenic. In one room, you encourage the patient that the slight irregularity in the fetal heart is not important. And in the other room, you assure her uh, that it is that, that is about to have a saline abortion, that it is a good thing because it won't be born alive. All right? And then you convince yourself somebody has to do it, and unfortunately, we are the executioners in this instance. All right? You guys, these are living human beings that deserve our protection. I would encourage you to vote yes on 62. Someday we'll all leave the legacy. Will yours be death or life?
this is opinion. We can, we all have our own beliefs as far as when human life begins. Um, the one thing, however, that is not arguable in any way, shape, or form is the one life that is in existence, and that is the life of a woman. She is a live, breathing, sentient being who has absolute control over her body. And for a government to take that right away, that is unconstitutional. Um, so, you know, science says sperm and eggs are living. All cells are living. It does not, science does not define those living characteristics as sentient beings. And that's the point. Um, so, just, you know, to conclude, in conclusion, on my behalf, I just want to say that granting privilege and agency to something that is undefined according to law um, and is otherwise a matter of opinion is, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, and so, you know, to grant this newly developed combination of cells, which we just saw, um, you know, rights over a legal, real human being is wrong. In addition to what Nancy was saying, I think that this amendment, um, it, I think the main focus that we all need to think about is the birth control issue. While we can sit here and debate um, the pros and cons or moral beliefs of abortion all night long um, without little headway, um, we need to focus on the birth control issue and the fact that um, many of you females in the audience who might be on the pill or have an IUD, that right will be taken away if this amendment is passed. And that's what you need to be thinking about rather than any of the photos or scientific evidence that Nate just gave you. Um, it's the birth control and the, the fact that you have a right to your own body. And adding to that, I um, just want to say, as far as our stance on the scientific evidence that they want to get us to give them, the scientific community itself is completely at odds with each other. You have people from one side saying that life begins at this point, and this is because the heart beats at this time. You have other sides saying that it doesn't start until this time because the heart beats at this time. And none of it is, is very concrete. There's nothing saying
question, what should a society tolerate? What should we tolerate? Prior to when abortion was legal, we had women who so desperately could not afford either financially, physically, because most women's bodies only are capable of bearing so many children for their health is severely damaged to have any more children. So what they were doing was <coughs> abortion. This included poisoning themselves. This included doing mutilating their um, their uteruses, their genitalia. And I think, you know, there are as many graphic photos of these mutilated women as there are of fetuses. And we need to decide for ourselves, and this is your own decision, do we want to tolerate women absolutely hurting and killing themselves, having our side women who so desperately want control over their bodies that they're willing to do that, and leaving their other children and, you know, have this huge gap in society, or are we going to protect, in my opinion, a cluster of cells? You know? And we also have to ask ourselves, what what will that do to our society? What, what would you recommend? I also just want to mention to you all that the uh, the word moral is being thrown around a lot, and uh, I believe that the word morality might vary from person to person. Um, an example that I might come up with is um, okay, adultery. Now, while I personally believe that adultery, cheating on your spouse, that's morally wrong. I think we could all probably agree on that. However, um, I do believe that there, the fact that um, there, I'm working this right. Yeah, any laws. There shouldn't be any laws, you know, convicting, sending people to jail for such. Um, smoking might be another example. I'm anti-smoking. I don't, I, I hate cigarettes. But to the idea of sending someone to jail for smoking is kind of ridiculous. Um, so I just kind of want, I mean, morality varies from person to person. You can't say that it's one thing that uh, blankets all of us. And again, on the biological note, I just want to add really quickly that um, all of us women out there, we shed fertilized eggs pretty much every month. <laughs> I mean, if you were sexually active, this is what happened. And if, if we're going to be having a coroner come in every time you have a period, I don't think that's okay, and I don't think many of you do either. And so I would just say that this is something that we need to consider, is, you know, it's two selves, two selves, not you know, what you saw, I, I didn't look at it because I didn't want to. But is that really equal to a woman's body? I don't think so. Uh, no abortions are performed when they're just two cells. They multiply pretty quickly. Uh, and they, they, my opponent said, don't think about the science. There, there is no science. There is no evidence. This is all opinion. And, and it's all philosophical. I would encourage you, it's not so philosophical. This is medically not argued by anybody. Okay? You heard some quotes before. People try to quiet their conscience, but medically there is a very sound answer. And about women's health, you guys, just check this out. If 50 million women in America have had abortions since Roe v. Wade, okay? A lot of times people cite the back alley abortions. The difference, actually, back alley abortions were just they entered abortion clinics from the back door, not the front door like they do now. And here's the deal. 39 people died in 1972. Listen, 39 people died in 1972 because of back alley abortions. Now, check this out. If there have been 50 million women that have had abortions in this country, right, one 
there's a 1 in 16th increase in breast cancer alone. There are many other cancers that increase too. 1 in 16th increase in breast cancer alone. That means 3.125 million women got breast cancer that wouldn't have otherwise. If 10% of those died, because there's about a 90% you know, survival rate now, which is wonderful. Hopefully that increases to 100% survival rate. But if 10% die, that's 312,500 women that have died as a result of their abortion just because of breast cancer, not even bringing into account the others. That means every year there are 8,445 women dying because of their abortions just because of breast cancer, and there are others. Guys, that is 228 times as many women dying as a result of their abortions as did from back alleys. You guys, we, because of the health of the women, cannot tolerate this. Cigarettes. Gosh, we don't tolerate those as a society very much because they are so dangerous to our health. This is even worse. Regarding women's bodies being damaged, um, please keep in mind that there are unborn women being murdered. So for those who advocate women's rights, please keep in mind you're advocating for the right to possibly kill an unborn woman. Any seconds? Excuse me. I think you're out of seconds. Yeah, you're right. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> um, so question number four is, what will be the implications and impact of uh, Prop 62 if passed? I'm going to read to you a quote from Susan B. Anthony from her woman's suffrage newspaper in 1869 called The Revolution. And this is her opinion regarding abortion. No matter what the motive, love of ease, or desire to save from suffering the unborn innocent, the woman is awfully guilty who commits this deed. It will burden her conscience in life, and it will burden her soul in death. I would also like to read you from you a quote by Elizabeth Cady Stanton, who was also an abolitionist and fellow woman's suffrage who also wrote for the revolution in 1868. When we consider that women are treated as property, it is degrading to women that we should treat our children as property to be disposed of as we see fit. I admire these women very much. They knew very well the value of human life because for most of their life they were degraded. And they knew that the degrading of the life that was growing within them was doing the exact same thing that the society was doing to them at the time. Person's not property. This is not a religious issue. Many people would like to label it a religious issue because then it's very easy to ignore and easily slough off along with other religious issues. It is the very core of our, of our being as humans, the right to life. Now, there are many attacks on human life. There is embryonic stem cell research, which will be illegal by this amendment. However, that does not mean that stem cell research will not continue. Just simply desecrating a human body to get stem cells will be illegal. So that's a scare tactic. Those who claim that stem cell research will not continue, that is a blatant lie. It will continue. You just can no longer take it from an embryo. Now, as far as our human rights, this isn't, once again, this is not a religious issue. This is an issue of genocide. Let me read you the definition of genocide. It is the deliberate and systematic destruction of a group deemed undesirable by society. Now, abortion in our state claims enough lives to fill the Pepsi Center every year, just in Colorado. Now, is this deliberate? Yes. 
Abortion is a billion dollar industry. A billion dollar industry. It is a business just like any other business. Now, this is a quote from former Planned Parenthood clinic owner Carol Everett. Our goal was three to five abortions from every girl between the ages from 13 to 18. Once again, she knew she needed to keep the numbers up. She needed to make money. And this was her goal. Carol Everett is also a very outspoken pro-life advocate now. They also put the vast majority of their clinics in primarily Hispanic and African-American neighborhoods. Now, although Hispanics and African-Americans make up only 20%, 28% of the population, they account for nearly 60% of all abortions. Margaret Sanger, who is the founder of Planned Parenthood, referred to African-Americans as human weeds, who we must be rid of. And if you don't believe me that she's a racist, I have a picture on my computer of her speaking at a KKK rally, if you'd like to see that. <coughs> Undesirable. Planned Parenthood of South Carolina once aired this ad. Babies are loud, smelly, and expensive. If you don't want one, call us. This is dehumanizing. Throughout history, in order to systematically eliminate a group from our society, they must first be dehumanized. African Americans, do I really need to tell you what they were once referred to as? Dehumanizing terms. Less than human. The Jews in 1938. They were no longer considered a legal person. Do I really need to tell you what happened after 1938? Now, the personhood amendment would put an end to genocide in Colorado against all of our members in the human family. Amendment 62 is a citizen-led constitutional amendment that is one sentence long that guarantees all human beings constitutional rights in and out of the womb. Shall the term person apply to every human being from the beginning of their biological development? Now, unlike our opponents who think that that is a very, you know, contrived term, well, all these here are human beings at different stages of biological development. We have two children over there. Those are human beings at different stages of biological development. I'm almost 30. I am a human being at a different stage of biological development than someone else who's younger than me. Does that not make us human? No. We are all human. Any unnatural disruption from the moment of conception to the moment of death is the murder of a human being. This amendment seeks to give rights to all human beings. Now, will it outlaw all, will it outlaw all birth control? No. Once again, that's a scare tactic. Only forms of birth control that eliminate the tiniest of human beings. Not all birth control does that. And this is a very tiny human being. There is some birth control that does kill newly conceived life. The vast majority do not. Now, a lot of the, the Amendment 62 rhetoric for the No campaign is that it goes too far. It goes too far. It simply goes too far. <coughs> well, let me tell you what goes too far. My wife took this picture of a woman being carried out of an abortion clinic, and this was taken in February, on February 12th of 2000. This girl went in for a routine safe and legal procedure. The doctor perforated her uterus, and she began to bleed to death right there on the table. I also have a picture here on my computer, I didn't have time to print it out, of a girl getting carried away from our own Durango clinic here. And I have the 911 call of that if you'd like to hear it as well. That goes too far to me. In protection of women, 
for women to speak out in protection of women, you deserve better than abortion. I've been, I've been sidewalk counseling for nine years. I'm one of the wackos who's out in front of the clinic praying and begging you to talk to me because I know that if there's something that you need, we can offer it to you. And if you still make the choice, I can't stop you. That's, that's fine. But the vast majority of the women that I've had the honor and opportunity to talk to in front of these clinics, this is what they tell me. The vast majority. My boyfriend will leave me if I don't get the abortion. How is that for degrading? How is that for women's rights? How is that for human rights? I had one girl tell me that, well, we can't pay the electric bill this month. And the baby would be too much of a strain. I would have gladly paid her electric bill. I would have gladly paid her rent. So I'm urging you to vote yes on 62. It protects women. It protects the whole human family. Thank you for your time. If I could, I'd like to just read in our closing 30 seconds the actual language of the amendment for you to hear. Amendment 62 proposes amending the Colorado Constitution to apply the term person as used in the sections of the Colorado Bill of Rights concerning inalienable rights, equality of justice, due process of law to every human being from the beginning of biological development of that human being. This is really about human rights under the law in the Colorado Constitution.
big things that this law, if implemented, would do for women and human rights. Um, the first thing, you know, like we've been saying, this vague language um, is very dangerous. So, to um, to legalize this law, we would be opening the door for legal repercussions that no one in this room can um, adequately predict. Okay? Um, the courts will be literally flooded with cases of women who went skiing and had an accident, with women who fell and lost a baby. Our court system our, cannot handle those. Um, and I just want to bring up the fact, I know, you know, this is not a matter of religion. They, I'm glad they, this side has argued that because we are staunch believers that this is not a religious um, issue. However, the group that proposed this amendment to the Constitution in this state is a Christian organization. It's called Personhood USA. This is the organization that is defending and supporting this amendment in our Constitution. So, you know, our laws are not written according to religious dogma. In fact, our Constitution separates the two, religion and law. Um, lastly, I just want to say that <clears throat> we live in a society um, that is inundated with institutional violence on women. So, yes, this is a human rights um, we're not advocating killing babies, infants, children at all. But what is inside a body that cannot function outside its host is not a child. Um, and so by banning birth control, IUDs, contracept you know, emergency contraceptives, um, and especially abortion, history has told us that it doesn't get rid of those things. It just makes it more dangerous for women. So in a society in which institutional violence is so prevalent against women, why would we once again take their reproductive rights away and let them die? When abortion is illegal, women die. I think that the main thing that we all need to focus on is the issue of birth control. When discussing the implications and impacts of Amendment 62 on our society, we're not just talking about abortion. We're talking about birth control and your rights as human beings to do what you know you have to do for your body. The only birth control that would be available, as Nancy mentioned, would be the Nuvering or condoms. And like I already mentioned, I mean, you wouldn't have the pill or an IUD. My brother and his new wife, she's on the pill and they wouldn't be able to do that anymore. <laughs> it just, you know, wasn't very loquacious, but <laughs> I just think that's what we really need to focus on, and abortion isn't the main issue when discussing this amendment. Absolutely agree with Andrew, and I just want to say that um, the, I have this book. I love this thing. If you don't have one, please get one because they're awesome. Um, and what I have the amendment 62 open, it says that. It applies the term person to sections 3, 6, and 25, which are inalienable rights, equality of justice, and due process of law. I want to focus on due process of law really quickly, because it says, section 25 of the Colorado Constitution says, ensures that no person is deprived of life, liberty, or property.
property without due process of law. And like I said, we do tend to excrete those, you know, fertilized eggs, you know, once a month, once every three months. Every time that happens, are we going to go to court for it? I don't think that's very, just not the way to, to do it. And we also have to remember that, you know, this, this is our body. I mean, are we going to say that um, just because, I mean, I have a cold, so say that I have a virus in my body, and that's just, you know, that's also something little and living inside of me. But if, it, if I'm going to try and kill it, I'm not going to be like, oh, no, what was the virus thing? I mean, I killed the lights. It's not something that, it's not the same thing. A living, breathing human woman is a living, breathing human woman. That, I mean, we're alive. We're, there's no question about whether we're alive or not. And we can debate until the end of time whether or not two cells are alive or not. And the scientific community, again, is completely at odds at it. There is no consensus. And until we've reached a, a scientific consensus on it, we can't make a biological, complete say of whether life begins at birth or life begins at conception. And so to make legislation on that is um, again, to harp on the birth control aspect. Um, also, the fact that condoms, um, spermicide, and diaphragms would be your options, it just so happens those are the least effective in like the pyramid of our birth control options for preventing pregnancy. Okay? So IUDs are one of the most effective forms. And so, and then birth control pills, and then spermicide, diaphragms, condoms. If you want to also prevent abortion, you should have. I completely agree. Abortion should be rare and safe. If you want that to continue to be the options, you need to have options to prevent uh, prevent abortion, prevent pregnancy. And also another thing about this <coughs> is if a woman is raped or is a victim of incest, she will not be able to get an abortion. She, think about it. It is the coming together of it is you know, coming together of cells and so they're in her, and even though she is raped or a victim of incest, she will have to have that child. I, I mean, I don't, just think about what, if you are able to do that and you find that more power to you, that's fine. But you should have that option to not feel have to carry the child of her daughter. You know, that's horrible. And also, I would argue that the number of illegal abortions would go up. And a huge reason why the numbers tend to be a little bit lower than what some other people estimate is because it's so shameful to have your daughter, your wife, get, you know, you know, be brought back by the police from a dying from a procedure of illegal abortion. You know, this is why they, there's so many unreported. And this is the same that's going on in countries where abortion is illegal. It's still extremely shameful if you consider the process of mutilating your own body. And, you know. And also, <coughs> I want to um, just mention that the term biological development isn't a legal medical term. It was constructed by the lawyer from the East Coast that helped um, make this amendment. It's not a legally recognized term. Part of the reason why it's so problematic is because it's very, it's open for interpretation, and that's why so many things just to quickly add on to what Carolyn was talking about, 
And the reason why there's such a long waiting list is because over 4,000 children, healthy children, are aborted daily. And if he wants to add on anything like that. Well, I was just going to add that I think that, uh, much like Daniel said, that the, the, the desire for adoption and for caring for children is, is based out of the fact that we value children. The pro-life position is so adamant about this and so enthused about this proposition because it does save the life of unborn children and satisfies that adoption need. And I think society, as it, as it views these as human beings that are valuable, will respond to that need and take care of them accordingly, just as it does now with the waiting list trying to get them. We, I, I, per, I personally have friends right now that have been waiting over a year to adopt, and uh, I would put it this way, whether it's adoption or contraceptives, guys, if a million people a year are dying, I don't think there's a person in this room that wouldn't say, I can use a natural method or a condom instead of a million people dying. That's not a price that we're willing to pay. Right Now, going further, guys, I want to leave you with this. Well, not leave you with this, but I want to mention this. If any of you are pregnant and contemplating an abortion, I will adopt that child. Me and my wife will gladly adopt any child. Okay. I've shared this with people before. We will put, I will put that out. There are people that will give it a loving home, nurture it, care for it, provide an education for it. And there are a lot of people that are waiting. Okay? So adoption isn't... The end. And I'm not, I'm, that's not just for points, guys. If you're there, come talk to me afterwards, okay? This is a commitment my wife and, my, and I made years ago that if we knew somebody that needed that, we would adopt. Well, they, they get a two minute rebuttal, please, so, and then we'll move on to the next question. Okay, so what we just have to say, I just have one thing to say, and then I want to end your discussion. Um, my only thing I want to say is that the reason that there is such a long waiting list is because of the adoption process, not because there are a lack of people or children in the in the process at all. There are way too many unwanted children that are born, and we all know that. And to directly correlate that to abortions is kind of um, illegitimate. Um, all I wanted to say, I'm glad that you... Um, brought up that question, because there are an incredible amount of unwanted children um, and homeless people in the world. Uh, this world is so incredibly overpopulated, and I'm not saying that that's a reason to go out and get abortions, everyone, but, you know, I'm just... The, the, <laughs> that's a very valid question, and the thing that we need to think about is... Um, why don't we take care of what we have now? And so the people that are that are alive now, um, I think that that question speaks directly to that. When we think about our communities and about each other, I think it would be very easy to settle on the fact that a living person is more important to a community than a potential person. Okay? So your questions, thank you for asking that because it's very important. There is a difference between the potential and the actual. And with our educational system failing, and with the lack of, I mean, even in Durango, if you talk to um, uh, the, the food, uh, food food banana, banana, banana food kitchen, sorry, I have a problem with that word. Um, <laughs> if you talk to them, there were so many children, because they could not go to school and get, um, you know, the stipend food, 
um, for cheaper prices. They would go into the food kitchen. So we can't even provide for the children we have now's quality of life. I think we have to look at this again from the standpoint of human rights and the greater impact on society. Uh, our constitution and our state constitution talks about inalienable rights, rights that cannot be had at the expense of the rights of someone else. And as much as we appreciate and want to defend the rights of women for reproductive control, once that process of humanity starts inside that woman's body, it is a living person. It is human by every definition, biologically, morally, and ethically. What this amendment does is propose to protect that person with the same inalienable rights that you and I enjoy. It is an issue of morality, and it is an issue of religion in the sense of where morals come from and the ethical guide to our society. But the problem is, if there is one segment of our population that does not, does not enjoy inalienable rights. Nobody truly does. This was the thing that we saw in slavery. This is what we saw in, in women's emancipation, where rights were applied to everybody universally. And now we have the choice of applying those same rights to the unborn. That's the only distinction between a human life in the womb, in the uterus, and outside that action of birth, how far would we want to go back before we declare it human? 30 seconds. We, we simply can't arbitrarily make that decision. It is a biological fact. DNA and every biological definition holds that person to be fully human. The potential that is in that life is the same potential that you and I enjoy. enjoy. And the rights attributed to that person must be the same, or anybody can arbitrarily decide who lives and who dies and at what stage they contribute to society. That is the basis of this amendment. And just to um, say really quickly, I think what I heard was we're equating slavery with abortion, and I'm extremely offended by that. I have to say, I, I imagine if there were any African Americans in the audience, I would imagine that they would be extremely offended by that. We're talking about African Americans are living human beings. We're talking about a couple of cells. And you're equating that to an African American slave. That is offensive. Extremely offensive. In addition to that, science was used to defend slavery. Science was used to suggest that African Americans were inferior to white people. That was science. Science is not ultimate truth. 
That's why it's science. It's always being studied. It's always being taught and retaught and rearticulated. So to insinuate that this science is absolute truth on a matter of what is human life is illegitimate. Um, and on top of that, so to go back to taste of flavor, I'm not sure, okay. But what I want to say is that to go back and undo the work that feminism and human rights advocacy has accomplished, that would be a step backwards in humanity, in society, in civilization. Stepping back and taking those rights away from women is an act of going against humanity. No one's, no one's insinuating going back to the times of slavery because abortion is nothing like slavery. And that's our We can change it if you want. Now we'll move on. So the next question is Is abortion good or bad for women and why? Um, as a director of the Durango Pregnancy Center, and as I um, mentioned, I too have had an abortion. And so I see many women who have experienced uh, post-abortion uh, stress syndrome. And basically what's happening is they're going through the emotional effects of the abortion, and there is guilt and shame with that. I haven't met one woman who has not had that over the 10 years that I've counseled. And it's because the natural mothering that a woman has with a child is not allowed um, to take place and she doesn't have that opportunity and that's been taken from her um, and she is a mother whether or not um, she takes her child's life or allows her child to live she is still a mother and so there is there's this grief there's a lot a lot of times um, in depression there's alcohol and drug abuse and suicide, which um, I experienced all of those myself, too. On top of that, there is the physical implications, which are um, possibility of death, absolutely, with suicidal tendencies, but also bleeding and hemorrhaging and the risk of cancer and um, uterine damage, things like that. And infertility is a possibility in the future, which I myself might uh possibly be facing and so um, and then there is the spiritual as well and even though you may not be in church um, or a church um, goer there's still a universal law within us that says that we are valuable we have a purpose and a plan and there there is a God who has created us and a God that forgives and so in that that's where I found my healing is through through God and through Jesus Christ who forgave and wants a relationship and wants my health, wants to love me, wants me to make the best decisions um, for my body and everybody around me and respecting human life. But being raped is even worse. 
and that is an even more detrimental thing to have to deal with and live out for the rest of your life. Um, in addition to that, gender studies majors, uh, is there a natural woman? No. 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 There is no such thing as natural woman or natural motherhood. That is a socially constructed idea. Okay? And further, um, you know, this this idea of the stress that is imposed after abortion, I think that we need to have statistics that shed light on the fact that society imposes stresses and, and it, I mean, like these terrible concepts of what abortion does. So stress that is caused by having an abortion is not just what a woman is taking on herself, but it is what society is placing on her. Go to the abortion clinic and see how those women are treated. They are facing a, a choice that is going to affect the rest of their lives, and these people are suggesting that they're going to fix it for them. And also, just to add really quickly, there is no such thing as abortion stress syndrome, according to the American Psychological Association. No such thing. It does not exist. So question number two that was in the One thing I wanted to say was uh, you, have the same, you have to have the same amount of faith in science as you do religion. So pushing science and saying that is true is just as much, just as equally evil, in my opinion, as pushing religion saying that's true. And then I actually wanted to hear your guys' opinion more on the actual population concern. Because you guys never actually identified that. Yeah, they kind of go together. And uh, going back to the first part of your question, what was that again? You said... Um, I said, you have to have the same amount of faith as you do in science as religion. Okay, got it. Yeah, so with, with that uh, determination, who says when life begins? Is it somebody that's a different color than me? Is it somebody that's a different nationality than me? Is it somebody that speaks a different language? We all have to go to some absolute other than our own opinion. Right, you just said women are not, there's no, what did you say, no natural woman. I would... I would put out there that uh, probably most of you women do not have a Y chromosome. Okay? There is a natural woman. And I'm, I'm just saying, biologically, we know that from science, and there is that has nothing to do with my opinion. That is reproducible anytime you want to check it. Uh, I also want to say that if there is no post-abortion <coughs> syndrome, why is it that 60% of women that have abortions have suicidal thoughts afterwards? Why is it that 28% of women that have had abortions attempt suicide? These are hard stats. 28% attempt suicide. 18% attempt suicide multiple times. If you're trying to say that there's no post-abortion syndrome, you're not being real with yourself. 86.7% of women regret having had an abortion. Okay, if there, are no, if there are no psychological issues, why is it that 9 out of 10 of them regret that they made that decision? Okay? I have yet to hear somebody that... What's that? How many mothers attempt suicide if I can't? I have no idea. There are a lot of mothers out there. Yeah. But but not 86.7% of mothers attempt suicide. I can promise you that. Well, yeah. Did 90% of your mothers attempt suicide? Okay. That, yeah, that, that. Thank, thank God our mothers didn't, didn't attempt suicide. Uh, I will give them to you afterwards. But you guys, this is a real living human being. And the science is firm on that. 
if somebody were to mother a pregnant woman, if she intended to carry that, she can be charged with two murders, depending on the state, or the murderer can be charged with two murders, and if she didn't intend to, then he would only be charged with one. Already the law deals with this, so this would not be a new issue. And here's the other thing. When you said, uh, how do we know it's a cultural issue about uh, human life, how do we know it's human? This is a question we all have to ask. If it is not a human, why are you personally... Um, or it, okay, if the if the developing baby is not a human, why are you personally against abortion? If you've ever said that, I'm personally against it, but think it should be okay for other one, other people. If it's not a human, why are you personally against it? If it is a human, why is it okay for other people to end that life? Okay, and if we don't know, how in the world can we make a life and death decision about another person on the basis of just not knowing? Wouldn't we be much more wise to err on the side of caution? Nobody's going to die because they had a baby. There are a lot of people waiting. There are are instances, but here's the deal. Carrying a baby and giving birth to that baby and giving it up for adoption, that that is a lot safer than just killing a person. Okay? So, I think I want to answer the the, the thing about the rights uh, of the two individuals. Uh, in, In a sense, that's the whole point. Uh, if we're concerned about humanness and humanity, we need to protect those rights. It's, it's about solving the problem based on our beliefs rather than ignoring the problem based on our questions. And I think that's, that's a worthwhile endeavor for us to solve, and it has to do with protecting the rights of women as well. There you go. <laughs> we had a rebuttal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, it just showed the, 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 the impact of the scale. Yeah. 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 Y
Yeah. No, I don't sit there in my free time doing that. But it's shocking. Yeah, was that a tissue doing that? I don't really believe it. Did you say baby? don't have fingers? Yeah, and you said baby. Why is Different beliefs 
based on this matter. And I can't say science or religion has all the answers, because none of them do. It's a matter of personhood and what you personally believe. Our turn? something other than that what they're designed to be turned into by the DNA that drives them. This is science. The fact that the, uh, the developing person is inside another person is all about, as Andrew said, personhood. We are asking in Proposition 62 that personhood be recognized as a biologic fact. There is no debate over this. Those cells are multiplying. The, the system is metabolizing food and energy to become a living, viable person. And simply because that is uh, uh, intrusive in a certain sense to the woman doesn't deny those rights. It cannot deny those rights because they are, by the definition of our society, inalienable. They're undeniable. They're non-transferable. What we appeal to in science is the fact that it is demonstrable. This person is alive. It reacts to its environment. Nate, do you want to? Yeah, and I'd that? say, uh, you just heard her say that there's no heartbeat until 24 weeks. Nope, that, that's not true. And if we have a morality based on opinion, here's my question. Who says it's wrong to kill your neighbor when he leaves his trash out on the curb? If our morality is based on something other than solid fact that doesn't change, we're in big trouble as a nation. Okay, I, None of us in here can kill each other because we know by science that each other are living human beings. I would encourage you guys to maybe take a science class. It doesn't sound like, like you like science a whole lot, but maybe take one. And I'm just, it's been attacked the whole night. And it really does have some good answers on this issue, and it isn't an issue of debate. For the record, I'm actually in a biology class right now. <laughs> 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 Question number five. And who's six? Schindler. 
he didn't have to get hit by a bullet, but he was passionate about protecting lives that could not protect themselves, and he did everything in his power to do that. Given the fact that you're defining who and who should not reproduce and when, you're kind of hypocritical when you talk about Nazis. Is that okay. a question? Or a One minute. Yeah, I'm sorry. Right. Are you guys stopping my time for a second here? Okay. Can I, can I get started back? If 42 million people a year are dying worldwide, and 1 million of those a year in our country, and if science says they are living human beings, which science does say, we've got to come to grips with being okay with that, guys. There are people all through history that took a stand for other people. There are people that said, I'm not okay with slavery, and I'm ready to die for it. There are people that said, I'm not okay with the Jews dying, and I'm ready to die to save them. And I thank God for them when we look back in history and see people that took a stand. And guys, I'm ready to take that stand for, for a million babies here in my country that desperately need a protector, that are being killed through the greatest genocide in history. And when you say that this issue would be insulting to the African-American community, abortion has wiped out the African-American community. There are three times as many abortions within the African-American community as there are anywhere else. You guys, think of what kind of rep representation they'd have in our society if those Amer African-American babies had not been murdered. You guys, this is not degrading at all to them, but this is just the reality that there are people dying. And I want to encourage you guys as college students, college students lead the way. College students change things. I want to encourage you guys, take a stand and make a difference while you can. And going back to the African-American, bringing them up as an example of genocide is not insulting at all. Alveda King, who is the niece of Dr. Martin Luther King, is probably one of the most outspoken pro-life opponents in the United States today. And she knew her uncle very well. Um, you say that we are committing genocide by allowing abortions. I find this extremely, extremely up considering... Okay, sorry, let's back up. You say that African Americans are doing more and more abortion, and that that essentially is leading to genocide because we're wiping out by allowing abortions, wiping out the you know African American race. We need to ask ourselves why are African Americans getting more abortions? This is because our American society has led um, them to be living because sorry because of job opportunities and the way our social societies constructed right now is we, they have less economic opportunities, they are in poor housing conditions, have less accessibility to proper health care. So these are all reasons why people choose to not bring more children into this world. I'm not saying that just because you because are... Because they have no choice. Because they, because they don't have a choice in... Um, because we have... People can choose, the whole thing about abortion is you can choose that to not bring a person to this world. A person might do that for a multitude of reasons, because they cannot give their child the life that they want them to. And why can't um, more African Americans than whites not give the life that they want to their children? It's because whites, because women here enslave them, and they cannot, still because they don't have equal opportunities, but they, they can't afford the same privileges that we can right now. So, before we start this cultural genocide. I just um, wanted to quickly mention that it was the scientists of days past that um, used their methods of the time to create the racial hierarchy 
that enslaved and uh, murdered several uh, people of different races. And continues to <coughs> keep them at a much lower standard of living in this country than non. <coughs> Science created the social hierarchies that oppress people, and those people are typically non white. So that's question number six. And I'm really depending on you guys to just be honest and keep track of your own, because there's no way I can give like 20 faces that I don't know. Well, where was question number six? Because she was in the five. Well, I was in You were five. Okay, great. Cool, cool. Sorry. Um, so I think the, I guess the central question is debate is the viability of Proposition 62. And the main issue that I see with this proposition is the fact that it does not define, or it does not define the exact language in which life begins. I feel that whether or not you agree that science can use definitions that work and vote on this proposition, that it should use specific scientific language to define the exact moment at which this, I mean, we know that the union of two cells is life, but at which point is it human life? Where is your At the union of this Was that a question or a comment? Can you address that again? Well, to add a comment to your comment, um, from the moment of conception is when your biological development begins. However, because the language of the, men, the amendment chose not to use specifically the term conception, because that would alienate the children that are created in laboratories. You no longer have to have sex to have a children to have a child anymore. You know, there gives a whole new definition of the term designer genes. Okay, so this is what happens, and as I've pointed out before, and as Nate has pointed out before, and as every embryology textbook you'll ever pick up has pointed out before, from the moment of conception, your biological development begins. We are all at different stages. And just because you began as a two-cell you know, human being doesn't give you any less or greater rights than others. Can I just say... Well, I think that the point is that the language of the amendment is very specific from the beginning of biologic development. And I think that appeals both in the, in the technical side and the practical side. Uh, if you take a pregnancy test and you are indeed pregnant, by the time that occurs, you have a beating heart and a functioning nervous system with a skeletal structure responding to its environment inside the, the woman's body. And as such, at that point, that, that person, that individual, would be defined to have rights as a person. That's what this is all about. 30 seconds. Anybody else want to add that? Does, it, does that help with your question? Yes. Okay. We can yield to... Can we oh, do we have more time? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was talking to him. No, you guys were. Were we out of time? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And can we turn off the projector? Just yeah. Just sure. Great. And we're going to cut down the response time in order to try and get to everybody's questions to one minute each panel. Um, is that okay, everybody?
they were given more freedoms. Seeing that this is directly tied to the power structure of women in this country, what, if any, implications do you think this bill would have, or this amendment would have, on women's place in society? Would it degrade their liberties, or would, it, would their liberties stay the same? Well, it would definitely enhance the liberties of the children. Uh, I, I think, you know, this brings up a good point that I kind of want to follow up on the last question, uh, and to Brittany's point. The, yeah, it's just part of our time. Uh, uh, the abusive, the, the abuse of women in, in rape and incest and violence toward women in general has to be addressed on a society societal level. And it needs to be continually reinforced and, and dealt with. That said, I think this amendment, uh, if passed, would and should encourage development of, of birth control methodology that is effective, that honors the rights of both the woman and the unborn baby. And I think it just comes down to medically solving the problem, not dismissing the problem because we have a solution that seems to work. I think that's where the medical research should be and where the uh, endeavor should be to protect all human life. I'd like to answer that. 
Is there a middle ground in a, in a life or death situation? But if you were a woman and you had the... If you had the child of somebody that raped you, or maybe impregnated you when you were almost in a near-death experience, if you were a woman, I feel like you would see it a different way. I'm looking every day at that child that you didn't want to conceive, or even having to go through the process of carrying around a baby that's not even something that you want. If there's an agreement for both you guys to reach an understanding of this, well, 70% of women who are victims of rape, they give the child up for adoption or they keep it themselves. They see it as a healing... 70. 70. Oh, I was like, seven? <laughs> I can introduce you to a few people who were, who were conceived in rape and they're very happy that they're alive today, if you'd like. If you guys, if this is an issue of life and death, you can't be wrong on this. It's just Amendment 62. Okay, well, Amendment 62 is about that. Define it's not about condoms. And I would encourage you guys, too, that there are a lot of forms of birth control that will not be limited by this amendment. And as somebody that loves my wife and loves having sex with her, uh, those alternatives are a lot more fun than the ones that would get eliminated, okay? And I'll just be real open and honest there. But you guys, if this is a life and death issue, if this is a life and death issue, then the contraceptive thing is, is a distant second. Real lives are either being lost or not. You cannot get this wrong. And I would leave you with the question, what if you are wrong? The very fact that this law is being written onto female bodies means that there's no negotiating. If this were a law specifically regarding the male body, there would be no room for discussion. Okay? So that's the point. That's the point. We could argue all day and all night, but this is about our bodies, female bodies. What about the females that are killed? You don't want them to have any rights then. They're only for certain women, but not the women that are unborn. Alright, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and like yeah, okay, so, so we still have 30 seconds, okay. So basically, I think that what Rachel had to say was that, um, was right on, first of all. And then second of all, I want to say that there probably cannot be any any form of negotiation, because if we honestly believe that a fertilized egg is equal to a woman, I don't think that we can compromise on that. And then also, I just want to say that um, I, I believe strongly that women who are breathing and living, and there is no question about that, and we're not questioning that. There is absolutely no question as to whether I am alive, or she is alive, or you are alive, and there is a question for the we, we We found something to agree on, that <laughs> there's nothing we can agree on. <laughs> so we, we can't agree on something. So are these closing comments? Closing. Yeah. One point for one minute for. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what you guys. We didn't think about this. Let's alternate, so it's not just like one four down, four down. Oh. Okay. Start. Okay. Gosh, I would say, guys, if you look at the definitions of science
This is clear. This is a living human being. There is no argument. There is no debate. This is settled. Science in the 1800s, my opponents don't like science today. They referred to science back then. It was very lacking. Now we know with certainty. We have ultrasounds. We didn't have them. We didn't even know what DNA was then. We know what it is now. You guys, the science is clear. There is no debate. These are living human beings from the moment of conception. If you are wrong on that, you are participating in a genocide and contributing to a genocide. You will leave a legacy. Each of us will. Do I want to be remembered for somebody? If you could go back to the, to the time of the Nazis, don't you wish you would have fought? Guys, don't you wish you would have fought the Nazis and said, I am standing up for people? Here's what I'm saying, guys. You're college students. College students start revolutions. I am begging you. Start a revolution of life, and you will not regret it. judgmental organization and and we do provide uh, confidential services so even if you do decide to have an abortion we're not gonna we're not gonna judge you and we will 
be there for you and counsel you, and we can guarantee that. So I want to thank you all for asking your questions. And if you have had an abortion, please come um, to the center and feel free to speak with anyone because we want to love you. We want you to know that you are valuable and um, and we also just want you to know that um, the, this decision about life and where life begins, it, this is a woman's issue as well as a man's issue because this is also um, a man's baby as well, and it takes two. And so we, we want to, to value the man as well in this situation.
stories is that you need to care for everyone in your family, and a lot of people don't end up doing quality of life they have. Um, really gives us a great resource and discussion in our community. So thanks a lot for joining us. Yeah,